welcome to Theatre Club, the podcast that gives you reviews and insider tips so that you know which shows to go and see in London and how to get the best deals on your tickets. I'm Madeline and I'm here with Oscar and Alice. Hello. Hi. Ruby isn't with us this week as she's in sunny Mexico, but she is going to be back soon. I asked her to bring me back some tequila and she said she can only bring one bottle back. Is that the rules? Yeah, them's the rules. Ah, oh, damn it. I know. <laughs> so we've got three reviews coming up this week. We've been to see quite a lot. We went to see Julius Caesar at the Bridge Theatre, Pinocchio at the National, and me and Alice went to see Pippin at Southwark Playhouse. But before we do any reviews, we are going to start with Alice's tip of the week. So guys, my tip of the week is, do you remember the King's Head Theatre in Angel? Is that where we saw Trainspotting? Yes! Yes! It's in the back of the pub. It's a really, really cool venue. And Oscar and I went and saw another show there, Rudgy Gore, which was put on by the Charles Court Opera Company. They are back with a new show. Um, they're doing the Mikado, which is a Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really exciting because they always do something quite... It's sort of off the fringe and it's always quite in, inventive. And the first five, no- first five nights have already sold out. Oh, Yes. And tickets are £22.50. It starts on the 22nd of March and it runs through to the 21st of April. So I think we should book it. It is such a good space, isn't such it? A, what was the one that we saw, the to 90s musical? One. That was hilarious. That was really they good. They just do really cool stuff in there. Yeah. Ma- um, Madeline, do you remember when we went to see the Mikado at E&O? Oh God, I loved it. And it was a great big massive production yeah. I think Jonathan Miller I prefer um, too oh were you yes. <laughs> um and I think now that we've seen that with a huge cast mm-hmm. and amazing costume in the orchestra I think it'll be really interesting to see a different version of it at this theatre I think it'll be really good fun sounds fab hun I'd love cool. to cool so that's my tip of the week King's Head Theatre the Mikado opens on the 22nd of March tickets are £22.50 and it's selling like hotcakes Yay! Cool. So let's do our first review, which is Julius Caesar at the Bridge Theatre, which we all went to see last Wednesday. Yep. And we promenaded. That's kind of the new thing about this production is that they have all the seats around the edge of the theatre, or you can be one of the countrymen of Rome, basically, and you can be in amongst the action, which is what we did. Yeah, it was a totally different theatre experience from anything I think I'd done in recently. Um, and that beautiful theatre. So the Bridge Theatre was a new one for all of us. And to walk across Tower Bridge, which I hadn't done before, um, and go, then it's sort of at the other end and you go down. It felt so lovely. It felt very Richard Curtis movie going to the theatre vibes. I loved mm. it. Um, but it was a very starry cast. Um, we had um, Paddington Bear, the <laughs> governor from The Walking Dead, and the Lady of Winterfell. Alice, what did you think? Were you transported to the streets of ancient Rome? Well, I, yes, as because we were promenading, they used the people in that space as the people of Rome. So when they did these big political speeches, we were the crowd that they would have been giving the speeches to. And actually, if, I, if we hadn't been there and we'd have been watching the show from the seated area, they basically got a free cast. Yeah. They made their cast like 50 people. Because we were all standing there. Mm. I thought, how clever to have done that. But ultimately, I don't really like Julius Caesar as a play. It's just very political. It's a lot of men in it. And I'm I would, I'm so glad we did it promenading because it kept my interest up. And we were moving all the time. And they were like 
you know, that all during the war bits, we all told to get down, get down. <laughs> and they had the stewards there, didn't they? Yeah. And the stewards sort of acted as sort of, they were the ones telling us, so they were kind of half stewards, half actors, I yeah. suppose. It felt pretty hectic. I was laughing there because I just remember the bit when they're suddenly like, get down, get down. And I had um, quite tight jeans on and uh, struggled to actually get down, which is kind of totally embarrassing. But it, it really, like, I think that the one bit, you're, you're right, it did keep my interest by being on the flubber with, with the action. But I felt at points... I kind of wished I could have seen, I felt I couldn't see what was going on in some parts. There was explosions at points. And the first I really knew that it had been such a dramatic explosion was the guy standing in front of us had so much sort of crap in his hair. And I didn't really realise that there had been this big like, <laughs> from the middle. You could hear it, but I didn't realise and you kind of couldn't see. So there was points where I kind of wished I had been sitting to just see those parts of it. But how quickly they were transforming that space was incredible. Like you're being shoved out of the way, there's new scenery coming in, here's a coffin, here's a throne, here's a, a bits of the stage lifting up. It was, I mean, if you weren't quick on your feet, I mean, you could have just come a cropper. How great if you were at university or at school and you were studying Julius Caesar to go and see such a current Aye. cool production. You know, as opposed to sort of something quite traditional, I thought it would be a good way to, if you had to learn about it, I think it'd be a really good way of going to see that play. Yeah. And it had lots of political, people have been comparing it to, oh, is it Donald Trump? And mm -hmm. Nicholas Heitner, the director, has said that it's not specifically about Trump, but the whole play speaks to now because it's about basically people at the top mm. not being able to put aside their differences for the greater good, you know, the, these people have these ideological differences that they're so firmly believing in mm. that they would rather throw the whole of Rome into chaos than try and sort it out a different way. It was just, very good. I just felt it was a lot of men shouting. Even though they were women. But, really no, wanging. But they like, did flip the casting on its head because Cassius was, that's supposed to be a guy in the play, mm. but it was played by a woman. Mm. So there were there was things that, there was wee elements of it that felt a bit like, it was like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, where they've kind of done a little modern take. So there was kind of the bit where Ben Wishaw, what's his character's name? Brutus. Brutus. Sorry, Brutus is pretending he's signing his biography for a member of the crowd and kind of holding up the book. So you kind of got placing of who his character was. Little things like that were quite clever. But I felt they could have done a wee bit more of that and it would have kept me more enthralled. I think you can change the male characters to women, but ultimately the text hasn't changed. So she's not acting. You're not seeing anything from maybe a female perspective. Mm. So it, it's interesting and maybe progressive in that it creates a completely gender neutral society where she's an equal to him within the armed forces. And it's never mentioned that she's a woman because mm. obviously it's not in the text. Mm. But then you don't get any interesting layers of gender interaction. because, yep. And the only actual female character, Portia, was a bit weak source. <laughs> and she just uh, dies. With something like Macbeth which is about politics and... And gender's important to the story. It's mm -hmm. so important to the story because you've got this wife and this woman and the psychology of it all. Mm -hmm. And I find that emotional side of it really interesting. There just isn't any of that in this play. No. Yeah. I think one of our big takeaways from this um, was Ben Wishaw, who plays um, Brutus. He is the spittiest actor we have ever seen. Are we in agreement on that? Oh, I, I have seen Spittier. I reckon. Yes. But it was like, the, uh, remember the episode of Friends when it's Gary Oldman and it's the it's the one with Monica and Chandler's wedding. I double checked. Yes, yes. Hello, Netflix. Um, and when Gary Oldman's doing his whole, 
with Joby and spitting all over his face. That was what I felt Ben was shot. It was levels of that, hun. It was it was intense. But that's projectile a, spitty. But that's a theatrical thing that they do. They keep their mouth full of saliva because they're worried about getting dry mouth, I think. There were some other people in the cast giving him a run for his money. A Who? Lot, oh, she was um, Lady Catherine Stark. I can't remember the actress's name. Michelle... Fairly... She was a spit. They were all spitters. But I think it's a bit of a um, a sign of, you know, if you're a really good Shakespearean actor, every pee you hit is just going to throw <laughs> yeah. spray. It shows you've got the metal if you just spit it out. And there's spray. And then there's like a tidal wave. <laughs> I like it when somebody spits with anger in something and then the spits on the side of their face and they have to sort of awkwardly, awkwardly <laughs> move it. And you're like, oh, you've kind of like ruined your anger now. <laughs> But so, we I did would, love it. I would tell people to go, absolutely. I do. I think for a Definitely. different kind of theatre experience, if you've not done Promenade before and you're kind of there, oh, yeah, worth saying, wear comfy shoes because it's it's there are sections when you aren't moving and my lower back was a wee bit sore. And it's two hours straight through. Oh, no I, no interval. interval. Which we love. So I think people should go see it. It's on until April 15th. You can buy promenading tickets from the theatre. They're 25 quid. Or you go on the Today's Ticks app and you enter their rush ticket scheme to get £15 tickets or time out at the moment on their tickets, offers and exclusives page. They have £15 promenade tickets. So basically don't go on the website because they're 25 get them cheaper. And also on the website, okay, I was looking at the information, it says, a quote, almonds will be served in the auditorium pre-show. Well, I certainly didn't get a bloody almond. What does that mean? Is that a Roman thing? That's what I don't understand. Is this a joke on the website or... I didn't see almonds. I don't understand why they've written that. Is anyway. it an inside Shakespeare joke that's not confirmed? I was that's actually what I was starving. Thinking. I could have done a couple of almonds. But there was... I don't and understand dry it. dry oat cakes. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, another thing. Don't eat a dry oat cake before going in, which I did. And basically to spend the whole time gagging. While watching people with very wet mouths. <laughs> while, while, while wishing that Ben Wishel could spit in my mouth to get some moisture back in it. <laughs> So, definitely, Ruby's going to go see it when she gets back. Good. I think she'll really she enjoy should. it. And uh, I don't think we spoiled anything. No, no spoilers. So, obviously, in that, guys, we saw some very famous television and film faces. And I felt like when I was kind of looking around the theatre at the start of it, I did think there was quite a lot of untheatery people there. So, maybe more people are like, ooh, I love Walking Dead. I want to see David Morrissey mm-hmm. or Game of Thrones fans. Game of Thrones or- fans. Let's talk about how much of a draw do you think a famous cast member is to you booking a show? Sometimes there's certain people where I will just go, because they pick good things, Imelda Staunton, for example. Me and Alice always go and see anything that she's anything in with Imelda in. And I'm really excited about seeing Lulu in 42nd Street. I think that's good casting and I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I think it is fun. I still remember in 1995 going to see Take That in Glasgow and them doing Relight My Fire and Lulu came on stage and literally it was amazing. You know, Lulu's, she's fabulous. She is. Yeah. So that's sort of, well, there's a difference then, I guess, between someone like Imelda Staunton or Ben Whishaw, Mm -hmm. who have theatre backgrounds anyway. Uh, So they're famous. They've now been in films, so they'll get people who love Paddington say, come see Ben Whishaw. But he's from a theatre background, so you're getting a proper actor. Whereas there's also more what you'd call stunt casting, Mm. where it's like a celebrity like Duncan from Blue in (laughs) um, Legally Blonde or something. And I'm sure he's probably got a stage school background, but you're going to see a pop star 
yeah. more than a, a professionally trained theatre actor. And sometimes it works out, sometimes not so much. What, was, I, what was it? Rebel Wilson, what did she do? Oh, so we saw her in Guys and Dolls. So that's actually a really good example because okay. her casting changed the entire production. Because I'd already seen it twice. First time was Sophie Thompson. Jesus. Emma, I love Guys and Dolls. <laughs> um, Sophie Thompson was in it first, who's Emma Thompson's sister. She was great as Miss Adelaide. Followed by Samantha Spiro, who's currently in Lady Windmere's fan. Love yeah. her. Fantastic. Then Rebel Wilson comes into it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to fit into this role. I'm going to do it how it's been done so far in this production. They let her have full Rebel Wilson, free reign of it. Really over the top. I enjoyed it because I'd already seen it done yeah. properly but we went with um alice's boyfriend and he had never seen guys and dolls and i kind of wanted to be like oh this isn't really what it's like she's yeah. off book she's off book oh she's totally yeah. off book and that was fun but i feel like i wouldn't want that to be someone's first experience of guys and dolls so did was... she just steal the whole show yeah and they let her though they had you they you could see they'd built that in they've been like she's just gonna ad-lib here she's gonna go totally over the top and adelaide's usually kind of a small petite older woman mm. Who's, whereas, you know, Rebel Wilson's not that. But this celebrity casting in general is huge, isn't huge. it now? Brian Cranston in Network, totally sold out. People are going to see big names. Yeah. I also think that with celebrity casting, sometimes it actually puts me off things. So I really would love to see Cabaret, because I've never seen it. And Louise Redknapp's in it. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to see Louise Redknapp in it, because I don't think she'll do a good Sally Bowles. No, they haven't... They haven't said who's going to be the best Sally Bowles, who encapsulates this character. Yeah. I think Louise Redknapp. Just... <laughs> Louise appears to have some free time in her diary. Let's get her on board. It's like, mm, I'm that's... sure she's very good. I know she's got a dance background. I know she went to stage school. But I want Sally Bowles to be proper. You want someone good. You Aye. want someone really... And I don't really want to see Miranda playing Miss Hannigan. No, or Craig Roller Hallwood. No. Or, or Mira Sayal. Or is it... Oh, yeah. I mean, for God's sake. That's, that's just not, irritating. That's not what the role is. This isn't pantomime. This yeah. is, you can't just put somebody into anything and see, oh, let's just watch this person do it. Yeah. These are carved out characters that you have to embody because they've been written by somebody. And I just... I don't know. I just... I don't really like it when they just chuck somebody in because they're just a name. Well, like Rebel Wilson, it brings the whole show to a different level, like a yeah. pantry level. Every time they come on, you have to clap and... It's just a different thing and it pulls you out more. Whereas, yeah, I want to see, I just want to see Jenna Russell doing it. I want to see Jenna Russell doing everything, <laughs> basically. There's an unsubstantiated rumour that Cheryl Cole is possibly going to be making an appearance as Roxy Hart in Chicago. Um, it, this might be absolute garbage, but we've heard it a few times now and we think we'll keep you posted on it. And Alice and I are very excited. She won't be in it. While Cubic and Junior's in it. No, too much. Because they've big. already announced the other casting, but he is only doing it till June. See, I think she could take over later. It, it yes, I would he wouldn't... not be surprised if that's the way she wants to do it. What do you reckon, Al? Lipschitz. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of... Chicago is famous for the celebrity casting. Yeah. I've got a wee little list, Madeline. Oh, tell, tell. Of people who've been in Chicago. Uh-huh. We have Destiny's Child's Michelle Williams. Would die. I'd love Ashley to Ashley Simpson. Brooke Shields, Melanie Griffiths, (gasps) Sophia Vergara, Mel B, Wendy Williams, Jennifer Holliday, Brandy of The Boy Is Mine fame, uh, Nini Leakes, Rumi Willis, Bruce Willis' daughter, (laughs) Denise Van Alten, Claire Sweeney, uh, Ruthie Henschel. Sorry, where are we now? Christy Brinkley, Jerry Springer, Usher, Tay Diggs, Billy Ray Cyrus, Patrick Swayze, Billy Zane, Michael C. Hall, Joel Grey, the list goes on. Is this basically just just one of these, it's like... 
anyone and everyone. If you've not been in Chicago, I mean, who are you, quite frankly? It's on at the Phoenix Theatre, where we saw Guys and Dolls and, and Bendit like Beckham. <gasps> it's on there from the 26th of March, the previews. Mm-hmm. Although the previews are only £5 cheaper than the rest of the run, which I think is crap. That's, that's pretty. It should be £10 cheaper is the standard, Aye. if not more. And it runs, he is in it, booking currently is till June 23rd. So it's got to be time for a cocktail, Oscar. And these look amazing. What are they? <gasps> these are our green cocktails. These are the Jiminy Cricket cocktail. So this is obviously to tie in with our review of Pinocchio that yes. we're about to do. So these, cheers first. Cheers. 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 This hey. is the Jiminy Cricket. So basically, it's, well, I'll give it a taste. Mm. Ooh. You like that? I do. So basically, I've made fresh juice this morning. <laughs> Yes, I've been juicing. It's cucumber, kale, lime, kiwi, and an apple. And then tequila. So it's fresh, healthy. It's one of my five a day. Yeah. It's delicious. We'll pop it on the Instagram page so that people, if they want to make it at home and they have two hours to juice and peel and get all that done. Well, just any, any (laughs) any green juice plus tequila. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. So, obviously, a Pinocchio-based cocktail. Loving it. So, last Saturday, we did all go on a jaunt to see the matinee of Pinocchio at the National Theatre. It's a pretty special production because it does use the songs and the score from the Walt Disney film. Kind of forgot how dark Pinocchio is. Mm. It's the darkest story. It's so... I mean, the undertones of paedophilia. Kidnapping. It's kidnapping. Children being turned into donkeys, then turned into glue. I mean, it is pretty... Alienation from your peers. Aye. Not having parents, being different to other people. There's a lot of dark themes that go through it. Yes, super dark. It was, and I think, yeah, and obviously it was a matinee that we saw on the Saturday. Loads of children there. Was it their Christmas show? And this is us just seeing it towards the tail end. We're seeing it towards the tail end. So it was very much loads of children there. And there was points where I was thinking, this is really quite scary. And I mean, it says something on the website is for like kind of brave eight-year-olds and above. But I felt it was pretty... I like that though. I think children can handle a bit more. And they'd balanced it well. I think in the scariest moments, they segued into... Jiminy Crickets give a little whistle or they kind of they tried to I think if you do it right you can you can get away with some dark stuff for yeah. children I mean yes yeah, some children the girl behind me wasn't scared I just kept hearing her say is it almost finished <laughs> she kept saying that and I it think it was quite long it yeah act one drag didn't it it was an yeah. hour each act and I think they could have done a 45 minutes each mm. So it's interesting that Melanie was saying you you didn't feel like it was a big musical and Mm. I didn't feel like it was a big musical either. And now that I had a couple of weeks to think about it, I actually feel like it would have been a lot better as a ballet. So Bob Crowley, who did the set design for this, has also done Alice in Wonderland at the Royal Opera House. He did American in Paris. He's done Aladdin. And it ha- it reeked of Bob Crowley. It, that's all the stuff that we loved about it. The amazing whale that they made. The oh lighting. The clever tricks with the nose going. That's Bob Crowley. That's what he does. He is a master at it. And I, and actually, for example, when Pinocchio is made out of wood and they take the pieces of wood out and he's there inside, that should have been a ballet. That should have been a solo dance. When he's there with mm. the children and the children are in those masks, that should have all been a dance. The book, the script was not strong enough. And I... I think actually the spectacle of it was perfect. And the whole th- I didn't need them to speak. I was just loving the set of it all. But and I did like the songs. Dancers. 
The songs were good. There weren't enough songs in it. No, no it was. They felt they felt quite short. But Alice, that's an amazing point. You're so right. Actually, it, I could totally see that as a ballet. Yes, like it would have been. I think that what I'm quite a sucker for in shows is I love a trick. Any special effects, I just gasp and I love them. And there was quite a lot of that in this, but that could have happened. Like it was like Nutcracker. Yes. Like it could have had lovely little like the nose thing. That was really clever. Um, they did a, the great bit, which I, this was where I, I was really shocked and was shocked that the children around me weren't crying, is that they throw a knife at one point at Pinocchio to prove that he's made of wood and it sticks in the centre of his chest. And I thought that was done so well. I, and we were, it's worth saying, we were really near the front. How far back were we? Three rows back. Three rows back. And even looking, I couldn't work out how they were doing half the stuff. And I'm I'm a sucker for that. Well, I Bob love Bob Curley it. is renowned for doing well, things like that. So he did... It's, the, I think, credit where credit's due, it's Jamie Harrison does the illusions. Oh, oh so illusions. Bob Sorry, Curley's doing tricks. the incredible sets, but the actual illusions, like when Pinocchio ate those fish... And he oh, shoved the whole fish in his mouth and then pulls out the bones yeah. or the nose growing. Uh, That's Jamie Harrison who did Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Charlie and the Chocolate mm. Factory. So yes. he's he's obviously a stage illusion person. So all of those. Mm. And all the stuff when Jiminy Cricket was jumping across the table and there were like the puffs of dust or the yeah. blue fairy coming down as that ball of flame that mm. floated oh, through that the was beautiful. theatre. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was, no, I thought in the wheel, I think worth just mentioning that again, Alice. It was visually so beautiful, rich, wasn't it? I really think people should go and see it. I really mm. enjoyed it. So, Oscar, how long is it on for? It is, it's run until April 10th. Wow. So it's on for a bit longer and you can get, there's still tickets available. I would say that people should book the Rush tickets on Friday through yeah. the National Theatre website. Yeah, they're really good. £20. Yeah, on Friday mm. from one o'clock you can book tickets. It's not just for kids, you know, we went as three adults and yeah. we absolutely loved it yeah we did we did so we saw that and then i skipped this one but you guys went to see the musical pippin at my favorite theater the southwark playhouse i wish you'd come madeline you would really? have loved it i think you would have which is odd because you didn't even want to come with me alice i booked these t- i booked tickets for both of us i had a really bad experience so she had a bad experience <laughs> so basically pippin do you know pippin not massively pippin, pippin! <laughs> They basically say everything. It's from 1972. Stephen Schwartz, who did Wicked, Godspell. It's him. So pop, pop rock, 70s kind of sound. Okay. The story is, what do they put on the website? Oh, there is no bloody story. It's, it's a soul-searching exploration of one man's journey to find himself, his place and purpose in life. It's basically based on these uh, real medieval characters, Charlemagne and his son Pippin, but a completely made-up story by people in 1972 who had done a lot of LSD. Oh, God. Makes no sense, really. There's kind of a, a troop of people and they, they're putting on this play within a play about this character Pippin going through life. Basically, it sounds like Godspell vibes. It's like, very Godspell nuts. vibes, yeah. and that's not my thing at all. But I trust in the Southwark Playhouse mm-hmm. and the Hope Mill Theatre, whose production this is. It's come down from Manchester. They're a really good up-and-coming theatre company. Many a Chocolate Factory about five years ago did this production where it was all supposed kind to be in a like video game. A video game. And Josie Lawrence, who I love, the comedian, oh, yes. she was in it. And I thought, oh, that'll be fun. And I love Many a Chocolate Factory, so I booked tickets. And I've never done this before. I left in the interview. <gasps> That's how much I hated it. Jeez. I hated everything of it. And I thought, I'm not going to waste an evening here. Yeah. So I left. So when Oscar said, do you want to come to this? I said, no, but he booked me a ticket anyway. Which you deny, but Oscar, I would never have said yes to seeing Pippin. I'm again. pretty sure you did. <laughs> anyway, there I was on a Monday night home to see Pippin again, and 
um, as the music started, I remembered just how much I hate this musical. Really? I, magic to do. I hate, hate pop musicals. I hate pop songs in it's musicals. Not that, it's not that popular. It is. So, you hated it, Alice? No. Uh, no, okay. Okay, We right. loved it. We don't, I didn't love it, but I, I thought it, it was good, and I thought it was a very... They did the best that they could with what ultimately is... And I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I know I really, really liked it a lot. So <laughs> Mark basically... Five? Like you Before. So this production they had done, so the play within play, rather than this video game thing or on Broadway a couple of years ago, they did like a big circus thing. This was like a kind of shambolic end of the pier, vaudeville, dilapidated sort of stage. And they would, these character of players putting this show on. The story is totally irrelevant and they kept it moving enough and they kept the comedy coming and the, the company was so tight that it didn't really matter about the kind of weird, it crazy was very story. Good. It was very good. But I, I was looking at the other faces in the audience and, you know, when you're like, your distraction, I'm obviously not engaged with this because I'm yeah. looking around me and I could see people and they, they had this look of joy on their face because they loved this musical and they were loving the production because it was yeah. a very slick production. You could see they were just waiting for their song to come up and I was thinking, how do you like this? Oh, oh I do yeah. like the music. And I think the music's actually really good. But I like the music from Wicked, so. It was a bit Jesus Christ Superstar for me. Okay, so are we saying it's a go-to-see? Absolutely. I loved it. And they had really good, the the actors in it were fantastic. They had lots of regional accents. I really enjoyed that. They didn't do it in American accents. They kind of had, you know, a good comedy Scottish character Mm. that you would have liked. I think you would have found it really funny. There were so many bits I thought Madeline would be, we don't really laugh out loud. We're not laugh out loud as are we? No, Madeline Not as loud as Madeline. (laughs) And through a lot of it, I just thought Madeline would be cackling. Yeah, and you probably would have enjoyed it. Maybe I should. Yeah. Went I on think until... you would have. It's it's fairly short run, actually. It's only on until... Start 23rd of Feb, it's until 24th of March, end okay. of this month. I thought it was great. And it's from the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And they, I think last year they won Best Fringe Venue. And they do really good productions yep. that have started coming down to Southwark. Our last thing this week that we want to mention that we think is a kind of top tip um, is that we've spotted on the Southwark Playhouse website that they're doing a show on the Sunday, the 3rd of June, that's called Hashtag Be More Martin. Um, and this is from this Hope Mill Theatre Company that did Pippin. Hashtag Be More Martin's about Martin Hett, who was a 29-year-old boy um, who died in the Manchester bombing on 22nd of May last year. He was kind of famous, like, became famous. He did daft things. Like he was on Come Down With Me, he was kind He's of Coronation Street super fan, massive Coronation Street super fan. He had a huge um, tattoo of Deirdre Rashid on his back of his calf. He appeared and he was like he'd pop up and like Good Morning and things like that, like just daft sort of, just a boy that I think really wanted to be famous. I think he would have been famous. He would have probably done massive, huge things with his life, and unfortunately, his life was just sadly cut. And this play, is, this play is his friends. His it's friends accounts. coming together and accounts of him and times that they've spent together. His phrase was iconic. He wanted everything to be iconic. And I think he is an icon in himself. And I think that going and paying tribute to such a large personality, sadly, with a life cut so short, I think would be really incredibly important. Please try and get tickets for it. I think it would be a wonderful evening. Um, so that's Sunday the 3rd of June. And I think tickets are about £12.50. Mm. It's also on down in Brighton before it comes up Southwark. Oh, right. So it's doing so that first. Yeah. Finishes in London. Yeah, yep. Brighton then London. Perfect. That's basically it for this week, isn't it? That is it, yeah. What are we? What have we got coming up? Just what are we good, probably going to be talking about next time? 
Alice and I are going to see Brief Encounter by Knee High, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. What else are we seeing? Summer Smoke. Summer Smoke, Ooh, which Alice, Almeida. you're missing, unfortunately. Oh, you're, you're not going to be there. South Africa. That's going to be good. Tennessee Williams, is it? It is, yep. Yep. Um, I can't think well. else. Maybe other stuff. We'll yeah, see what comes we up. fit more things in. But yeah, that's our big two that are coming up. That's it, folks. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. And also check out our Instagram page for the recipe for the cocktail. It's at Theatre Club Podcast. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Lipschitz. <laughs> <laughs>